For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Believe, B-L-E-A-V, and Lions right here on the Bleed Podcasting Network. That's Detroit's number one sports podcasting network this is a show we believe in the detroit lions and by the end of this episode so will you i mean we got so much to talk about here on the show just a devastating game for the detroit lions against the baltimore ravens now we got an interdivisional matchup against chicago i mean so much to talk about here on believe in lions and it's i'm just excited to talk ball especially with jack cavanaugh here on the show jack how you doing this week Oh, I'm great. It's a Wednesday night. You probably listen to this on a Thursday, but it's a Wednesday night right here. And I'm getting to talk football with my buddy, Derek, and my buddy, well, I'm sorry to spoil the news, but Jerry Ball is back. So I'm back with two of my best friends and life is good. I'm excited to roll. <laughs> Jack, no offense, but I was leaving the best for last. Lions legend, Jerry Ball on the show. Jerry, how you doing this week? <laughs> I'm doing great. How you guys doing? You know, I tell you, you know, that game was... You know, a heartburn at the end, but I tell you, you know, we got a lot to talk about. <laughs> I know you guys both say you're doing great. I'm not doing great after 66 yard game <clears throat> winner that hit the crossbar and went the other way, but we'll get into that here in a bit. Um, I, so I've had much... a couple of days to sit on it, and <laughs> and, and, and yeah, so have I. It's taken some time. <laughs> Oh, man, I'm still hurting over that one. But uh, we're, we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about some really important news and notes going on with the Lions, as well as preview the Chicago game. So, so much to get into. But before we do, I mean, got to get betonline.ag in here. Mr. Jerry Ball, have you visited betonline.ag? You, you checked out the website at all? Yes, I have. You got to check it out. I know, I know Jack goes there all day, every day. Oh, yes. all day, every day. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. It's it's a lot of time spent on there. And uh, it, I, it's been pretty good the last two weeks. I'm not going to lie. Oh, there you go. He, he's, he's going to the pay window, everybody, as you should at betonline.ag. So let's get our great sponsor in there. And when we come back, we're talking Lions football. Everybody, we'll be right back. If you are into sports betting, Bet online is where you should go to win money today. Money, 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 money. <laughs> Whether it's live bets during games or futures for who you think will win championships, Bet Online has all the latest odds, news, and information. For all your online sports betting needs, visit the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. So before the next big game, head over to betonline.ag and start playing today. 
That's Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, everybody, thank you so much for listening to our sponsors. Please go visit betonline.ag. And and without further ado, I mean, before we get into this Ravens game, the good, bad, and the ugly, I mean, fellas, we got to talk about the news and notes. Jack, I'll just come to you first. I'm curious what uh, Jerry has to say about this as well. But Jamie Collins, a lot of talk about trades, a lot of talk about they had suitors. They end up releasing him. You know, letting the young cats play at linebacker. What do you think about all this going on with the Lions? Well, this is what I was alluding to earlier. And I know you and I, we've been talking about this for what, two, three, four weeks now. Tried to trade them, couldn't get a dime out of them, couldn't even get a seventh rounder. No one wanted that contract. And so in the end, Jamie Collins makes $20 million for the Lions, 16 games, 121 tackles, 13 pressures, and one sack. So that ends up being 1.25 million per game, 1.5 million per pressure and $20 million per sack. (laughs) Can I, can I sign? (laughs) You still got a few snaps, Jerry. Look, you know, the one thing I did, I held out, you know, one time regretfully, but I tell you what, if it was that type of money, shoot, I would have been there to unlock the door, you know? (laughs) I think I think Jerry's getting more than one sack for his twenty million. They're they're gonna have to pay oh, him like fifty, yeah. sixty million. Oh, three, no four doubt. sacks he's getting. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I tell you, you know, that's you know, it's not surprising one that the trade, you know, that they talked about. You know, the salary cap and how it hits, you know, but then you don't know what kind of bonuses are associated with continuing, you know, through the season. So, you know, it could be a lot of financial decisions. And 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 trust me, part of this decision is definitely financial. But if you're performing on the field, that takes care of that. So, you know, but then, you know, when you think about, you know, how the team was built the last few years and stuff where they were bringing a lot of the Patriot type guys in, you know, it's only fair that Coach Campbell get an opportunity to build the team with the, the character of the players he want, you know, and, and guys that are going to produce at a certain level. I mean, it, it, it's just one of those things. But, you know, hey, it's big business. That's for sure. <laughs> oh, there's no doubt. I agree with both of you guys as well as last week. We kind of said it would be addition by subtraction. But I do think the dollars matter. You know, everybody says, oh, you know, it was just good. It had to do what they had to do. You know, you, you don't want to throw dollars away in the NFL when it comes to the salary cap and trying to build a team. So I think that's the negative. I think getting Derek Barnes, letting Anzalone be the captain, as well as get Reeves Maben out on the field, who had a nice game against the Ravens uh, in some spots. So I think it's a positive all the way around, except for all those dollars and cents that Jack mentioned. Yeah, yeah. no disagreement there. It's, it, you hate you hate to bite the bullet there, but that's life in the NFL sometimes. Right, Jerry? Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. Well, think of it also like this. They're more number one bust than any other players. <laughs> think about exactly. it. Exactly. Every number one isn't a great player. And a lot of the great players were number ones. Joe Montana, third round draft. You know what I mean? So, you know, well, anyway, <laughs> it's I, I, a decision that they made. And I think it, it, it's justified. 
Exactly. I definitely want to see the fourth round selection, number 55, Derek Barnes over Jamie Collins any day of the week and twice on Sundays, no doubt about it. Now, Jerry, I want to come to you with this one. We're going to get into it. There's a clock situation, another situation with the Detroit Lions. I mean, everybody knows what happened. You can blatantly see it. Dan Campbell says, oh, yeah, we'll get another apology from the Lions. I mean, what's your take on this, that this continues to happen with the Detroit Lions where rules are changed, issues on the football field, referee calls? It seems to happen way too much in Ford Field for the Lions. I mean, any thoughts? Yeah. Well, I'll tell you this. You know, one thing is that the human element exists in sports. Okay, whether or not it's the timekeeper or the ref head turned the wrong way where he don't have a good view on on the clock. But if you also look at the perspective of the eyesight lines in the stadium from the field, you really got to find the clock. You know, some of those newer stadiums, which, you know, the line stadium is pretty new, but it's how they put the screens in now where you can look at different perspectives and see the clock. And, you know, you know, it's a whether or not he get an apology or not, that's going to be like, you know, saying something was wrong. You get what I'm saying? And you don't never want a team to feel that it could have went a different way by admitting that. And I don't think the NFL is going to be strove so forward with an apology. They might say we regret that it happened, but, you know, apologize for a mistake that was made between the ref, the timekeepers and things like that. You know, the human element exists. And you got to also recognize that the timekeeper is signaled when to start the clock and, and, and stop the clock. You know, so you got, again, that human element. So that's kind of how I look at the situation. I know if, if I was on the field and we lost, I'd be <laughs> ready to fight too. But just from the <laughs> standpoint of it, you know, that human element, we got to give an account for that. And and when it's exciting like that, what guy in the stadium not going to be watching the game? <laughs> you know, even though you're doing the job, you're going to still be looking at the game. You know, exactly. and it could be well, that little pause. So anyway. Well, Jerry, let me tell you this before I go to Jack on this. I was at the stadium. I was going crazy, as were all the other Lions fans in that stadium. And I was hollering delay a game. I saw it for two or three seconds before that ball was snapped. Jack, do you got an opinion on this, man? My opinion on this is kind of the same as the NFL's response is going to be. It's it, it's a shoulder shrug. It's you know it's it, yeah. it's upsetting. I'm 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 angry about it. I'm not happy about it. But it like you said, it just keeps happening, and the NFL just keeps shrugging their shoulders, and we 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 just have to live with it at this point. And it's I I I just want to change. You know, like I the NFL can apologize. That would be great. But until we, we see actual tangible change in, in how this goes down, I'm, I'm not going to hold my breath. You know what I mean? Well, and then the other thing I think that really becomes, you know, a point of how, how and who, you know, is that a area for, you know, the officials meeting to enact, you know, what needs to happen going forward, you know, it, but it all falls under that, competition com, uh, committee because they're the ones that tell the refs. So now that those coaches are in season, you know, if it's to their benefit, you know, they may talk about it, but again, 
it's going to be like you say, a shrug. Well, Jerry, here's two things I know. We've already created like two or three new rules for the Detroit Lions for that competition committee. So this may be a third. There might be a, a buzzer. We might have to put a red light on it. I mean, I know you're talking human error. There's way Shot too on. much human error with the Detroit Lions with these zebra uh, shirts, in my opinion. So um, look for another rule I- change potentially. I agree completely with you, Derek. Now that you've mentioned that shot clock, we need a buzzer that goes off. The oh, exactly. Derek Oakley rule. Let's go. Exactly. And take that apology letter and just add it to the stack that sits in the Allen Park headquarters. I mean, we think we got about 10 of those and they're all coasters right now for uh, the uh, well, receptionist you, up front. Well, you know how some of that happens, though. You know, you got some. And, and listen, this is not a slight toward the ownership because every team has a management level, but you know, there's some politics within them owners where some, you know, navigate it a little bit better than others and get rules changed that oh, benefit no their, you, you know, me like Kraft and Jerry, mm-hmm. the two best at doing it <laughs> yeah, that that's I've a, seen. That's a great know? point, Jerry. So, yeah. so you got to have a little stroke in that way too with that competition committee, you know? It's it's a great point. That and put up wins. If you're one of the franchises, it doesn't seem to happen to those other teams you mentioned. So we got to we got to fix that on the field as well as maybe get a little uh, a backdoor working at those meetings at those uh, NFL meetings as well. But like I say, we'll leave that. We're going to talk about it. Whatever. One more news and notes. I want to just put it. You guys, it looks like Taylor Decker's still not going to be out there. Um, Seems almost like a forgotten man at this point. He's a franchise paid left tackle. And Deshaun Hand, who was having a great training camp. I was really excited maybe this would be the year he cannot get healthy cannot get on the football field so both unlikely to return this week but we do have Jay Sean Cornell coming back um, to add to that defensive line so do you think we can kind of overcome these injuries here in the next couple weeks well I- I'll say this you know everyone that's on the team is a professional and the backups really have to be better prepared than the starters because of this very reason. You never know who may go down. So that backup player has to know as much. And typically a backup player might back up two positions versus one. You know, with Decker, I think, you know, man, I really would like to see him get back because I think that that solidifies you know, that offensive line and the continuity that really makes offensive lines good. And I know they look to him for some leadership, you know, and then just the injury with hand and stuff, you know, that's, that's not, you know, the best thing that you want to hear and stuff. But, but I do believe that if they, if the young men step up, look at the job, prepare, you know, you can technique and block anything. Sometimes you don't even have to knock a guy off the ball to block him. You could just be standing in his way. So it's not about, you know, I guess you would say, do I think it's really, you know, will they respond to the challenge is the issue. Oh yeah. I like that take Jack. Do you think getting Decker and hand back is really going to make a, a nice impact on both sides of the football, whether it be week five, six, seven, whatever it is. Oh, absolutely. Like, yeah, you, you can't be upset when a you know, your star left tackle comes back and a player like Deshaun Hand comes back. Only good things can happen. And we still have to see whether the, the left tackle conversation, whether it's Penny Sewell, Sewell, 
That depends on you if you're saying it with a Canadian or American accent. Panay Sewell, he hasn't allowed a sack yet at left tackle as the youngest player in the NFL. So does he slide to right? Does he stay at left? And does Taylor Decker play right? I think that's a good problem to have. And it's going to be a lot of fun when Deshaun Hand comes back. Because, like, we'll get to this in a bit. But the Ravens versus the Ravens, Charles Harris and Romeo Aquara, they both had four pressures each. And then we had some contributions from Julian Aquara, Austin Bryan as well. So when you get Deshaun Hand added to that as well, like, Jerry, you got to be excited about that D-line. Yeah, yeah. I mean that 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 can be a very formidable line and stuff, and, and having hand back would definitely add to it and stuff. You know, one of the things that I would tell you, just looking at the defense, and you know, one you're playing against probably the most athletic quarterback, definitely since Michael Vick. You know, so when you playing a, a quarterback like that, one the defensive line and the tempo but also keeping them contained. So even with a lot of the pressures that they were getting, you know, I would tell you, you know, having hand back would have definitely helped. Yeah, I, I, I completely agree with that. One question for you, Jerry, that I've got on my mind, did you ever have to play a quarterback like Lamar Jackson mobility wise? And how, how did you handle that? Yeah. Well, I tell you again, you know, most, I'm going to give you the Randall Cunningham, Steve Young, Rich Gannon. I'm going to just stay with those three. Anytime as a nose guard in the scheme, because these guys were so elusive, they would tell me as a nose guard to play the uh, what's called the cop technique. And what I'm doing is waiting on him to break out whatever way he's going to go, and then that's the side I rush to. So, but that's in in that perspective from the inside. But on the outside, the outside linebackers or defensive ends are to keep containment, but don't get containment so far up the field that you're past the leverage point and he can't see you because now you've been pushed past him. So you're kind of keeping him within the framework of a mobile quarterback like that. And then you make him stay in the lanes. And and in those passing lanes, when the defensive line are in those passing lanes, it makes it difficult if he can't move on that horizontal plane to find, because the pressure will make him not shuffle his feet. You know, quarterbacks, if you know, they kind of like, you know, like they got eyes in the back of their head, but it's that innate ability for them to feel pressure and that containment will keep pressure on them and make them sit in that pocket. And he, that's when you see them dancing around. So that's how you really have to play a guy. And then you got to have some guys that can get to the ball that can literally go get him tackled. You get him contained, but you didn't, you got to get him tackled. And that's when the problems come in. <laughs> yeah. And we definitely had a problem with that. Uh, Against against the Ravens, uh, uh, Derek, I know, has some thoughts on that that we're probably going to get to later, won't we? Oh, there's no doubt. Uh, Great question to Jerry by you, Jack. Um, Jerry, I'll save this for another episode, but one question I want to know is, 
kind of what the post game was like uh, between Jerry Ball and Benny Blades. Maybe what happened after the game. Well, that's for another show. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, you know, Benny and I lived in the same neighborhood, so we got some real stories. <laughs> I know this is what I heard from the man himself, and I got to ask you here on one of the shows, as well as when we get back to football. I, in the next couple shows, I want to know your full take on Aleem McNeil because I feel like that's a guy not only can we relate to, but I think he's going to be a hell of a ball player. So we'll get to that too here on another show. But as Jack said, we got to talk about this Ravens game. So, fellas, I'm going to give you a couple bullet points and then I'm just going to pass it to you. So, to me, you know, the, it was disappointing to see the offense put up a goose egg and really kind of start slow, have some hit or misses. I felt like there was a very big pass interference over 40, 50 yards down the field, down the left sideline. That was completely blatant, both in the stadium and when I watched the tape. Again, wasn't flagged. I don't know why. The Lions had a fumble on a punt, one of their first big turnovers of the season. That was reversed by a ticky-tack call. But at 10-0 at half... I was feeling good other than like I didn't know quite if the offense was going to get going, but holding that team to 10 and being within a score or two, I felt pretty good. So, Jerry, I'll come to you first. I mean, how are you feeling kind of in that first, uh, you know, couple quarters um, with the Lions and some of the things I brought up there? Well, I, I tell you what, you know, in, in part of, you know, strategy, you know, even the art of war talks about, putting yourself at a higher level while you're attacking so that your enemy is coming up the field. You already got home field advantage, all right? So that gives you the high ground. But whenever you can start a game on the offensive side, and I don't care if you get three points or seven, that gives you so much more momentum in that first half that now – you got the crowd in the game, which is an extra factor when he comes on the field for the offense. And if the offense is, say, plateaued and it's low and the energy is low, the crowd is low, the noise is low. So now he can make all his calls. He can literally take his time, you know? So the offense, not only in scoring points, you know, is it important to have a good start? The rhythm of the game, they dictate that in that way, especially at the beginning of the game. And, of course, if the offense get the ball in the third quarter, you want to start that off with getting at least three points. And every time that you're in the red zone, you got to come out with some points. So that so starting slow 10-0, like you said, that's not a bad start, but you got at least get three. Now, that P.I., you know, that's one of the things that I think when they go back as officials and they look at it, they're going to grade that official that missed that call. You know, and that would have been huge for the Lions and it would have created, again, some momentum. Just imagine if that would have happened and the crowd gives the energy and then the next thing you know, offense is moving because it was a, it was truly a P.I., you know. But anyway, you know, I just think that they have to, they got to learn, they got to be consistent, but they got to start whereas they're getting the momentum shifted toward them versus, you know, letting a home, uh, a visiting team come into your home field and get your crowd out of the game and you don't score a point. 
in the first half. And I ain't, you know, just throwing it at scoring the points, but it matters. Because at the end of the game, you know, that field goal might have not won it if they would have got three. You know what I mean? <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. Jack, what'd you think of that first half, man? Lions, Ravens. It's really a tale of two sides of the ball. So, like, the offense, slow, slow start. They only had four first downs in the entire first half, and, and they weren't putting together those long drives that we'd like to see. But the defense, really impressive. Lamar Jackson, just 10 points at half. And in the second half, hold him to just nine. One of the things that I noticed is, like, the Ravens, they put up 27 points on the Raiders. They put up 35 on Kansas City. Like, Holding Lamar Jackson to under 20 points is a big deal. And it is. It really is, especially because you, you know how many teams have done that in the regular season? Two. One is New England last year, and one is now the Lions. Yeah. That that really is a, a factor because 21, most teams, if you score 21, you're supposed to win the game. But with Lamar Jackson, you're right. Keeping him under 21. Yeah, under, yeah, that that was a good defensive effort. That's for sure. You know, those guys played him well. You know, they, it, if the offense would have been clicking early and responded, you know, it could have very well been the Lions' day. Yeah, I completely agree with that. Like, I I know we we hate talking moral victories. Like Derek and I, we 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 have been on that for a while now. We don't want these moral victories anymore. We want real victories but it was nice to see right like can can we celebrate this yeah well we have to because you know in 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 the way that professional sports are specifically football when you have a coaching change you got so many different transitions i mean from the scheme to the personnel fitting the scheme to the technique that might be called and 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 honestly it's still early for the staff you know that team still is going to define itself look they just cut collins you know, and then with Decker being out for the time he was out, you know, there's continuity that's going to continue to grow. So I believe that if they can hold the fort and and really take those small wins and build on them, you know, shoot, man, you can, by the end of the season, <laughs> look, the way that we would approach the seasons is that we would play seasons within the season. So the first four games, we would say, okay, depending on who we're playing, we say, okay, if we two and two right here, that's where we want to be. Now, I know that's not how fans want to hear, but we know who we're playing, right? So then when the second actually quarter season come, we might say, okay, we want to be three and one right then. And then the rest of them, if we go three and one, three and one, at the end of the year, we know we're a playoff team. It's about now did we win the division, you know? So from that, it puts us in position. And, and, and it's really one of those things where any week in the NFL, the worst team with the worst record can beat the best team because everybody can have a day. Oh, yeah. There, That's what's no... crazy about ball. Everybody <laughs> could have it. There is no doubt anyway, about it. 
I, I guess like to both your fellows points, like, you know, I feel like this was the best showing by the defense so far, you know, um, putting a full game together, getting pressure on the quarterback. I'd also like to personally thank Hollywood Brown for dropping three touchdown passes, um, keeping that score quite a bit lower than it could have been and keeping the Lions in the football game. So fellas, let's get to that second half. I mean, this is where the Lions start playing some ball. I'm talking about Jared Goff, Dinkin', Duncan, throwing uh, passes. We got DeAndre Swift making plays all over the field, the pass game, the run game. And you got Jamal Williams. They call him Swaggy doing his thing too. I mean, all three of those players played well. Khalif Raymond showed up. The Lions started putting points up every time they got the football. The only problem was they only had it about two, three times the whole second half, but they put points up every time. So I loved seeing that. I mean, I thought Romeo Quara had a hell of a game all over the football field. I mean, you guys had to like what happened as the game got rolling there in the third and even into the late fourth quarter here. Yeah, like you have to be excited about that. Like DeAndre Swift, he is a legit weapon. The only thought I have, maybe don't get him so involved in the passing game in the sense he should not be throwing in the ball anymore because that flea flicker was ugly. (laughs) Yeah. They, they stretched them a little bit. Yeah, I, I didn't like that play call whatsoever. But, I mean, just just them being able to not only feature him, but, you know, him being able to find the end zone. That's why I love Swift so much. He can catch it. He's shifty. But he also can find the end zone inside the 5, 10-yard line. He has a nose for that end zone. I love that. I mean, Jamal Williams getting so hype after he got in the end zone. I mean, again, this was kind of a crazy game because as the Lions got creeping back in this thing, I mean, the intensity from the fan base really started to build that place started getting crazy it started getting loud um let, let's just move this thing forward fellas because we got to uh preview this bears game as well like dan campbell you know using the you know taking the other team's timeouts but he really didn't go for that first down i mean it was basically like six eight yards gets the first down then you sit on the football kick it we all walk off happy we know that's not what happened we'll talk about those final moments but did you like how he went ultra conservative or should uh, Motor City Dan Campbell went for it there? Well, I guess from a head coach's perspective, you know, you got a lot of people in your ear doing certain scenarios and he has to do as much planning in these scenarios to know what is in his benefit. And sometimes depending if your defense is playing good, you might put it in the hands of your defense. You know, sometimes if your offense is clicking and you think you want to control the ball and you can, you know, kind of play the clock management game. So the conservative part, you know, it's okay if you was right. Now, some of the decisions and stuff, you know, it's very hard to know. Again, it's about what's being told to him in his ear. All what options are there? Jack, yeah, I, 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 go ahead. Oh, thank you. But my, my only thought is I didn't love the three straight runs. Like Cleef Raymond, he gets that 22 yarder. You're at the 14, you get a run for no gain, a run for one yard and a loss of four. Like, I, I, I don't know. I would, I'd, I'd like to see a second and medium is all, you know, like a little, like, am, am I off base here, Derek? Or, or, do you want to see more passing or I, I, I don't know how I feel about it. 
Yeah, that's what I was going to throw to you on is like Dan Campbell's going for it on fourths. He's kind of showing that aggressiveness. But here here late, I mean, give Jared Goff one chance. Give him a, a half the field rollout. And if uh, too high and if someone's open, th- get it to him. If they're not, throw it away, you know, just mm-hmm. to not give one of those opportunities. That's what me and my buddy were saying. Run it, throw it on second. And then if you want to just, you know, bleed the clock, you could have. But every little second matters. So even the, the real short third down run where Swag basically got hit right Right away. I mean, it was just too quick for my liking. I would have liked to give them some options or, you know, could could you have got Hawkinson there for the first time basically all game? Could you have got Swift out on an option route and, and featured your hot hand? That's what I would like to see. But I get using the timeouts. I mean, it's not like it's kind of more by the book than anything, but I thought Dan Campbell and that said, we're going for the jugular. I'm not giving the ball back to Lamar and company. Yeah, that, that's exactly where I came out of it on is it's, it's Lamar Jackson on the other sideline, bleed the clock, take all of the time and try and get that first down. But it's still, he's, he's, he's a brand new head coach. He's learning and stuff. And I've been very impressed with how he's managed the game so far. Just th- this is me being an armchair coach, a little upset, you know? Yeah. 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 And that, and that, that's what I say is hard being in that scenario when you got that many, uh, I guess you would say, ideas coming from your, the guy that's up in the booth, the guy that's on the sideline standing next to you, but everyone is talking scenarios and you're making really midstream adjustments in a critical space of time. Now, if, if he ran the ball and they got first downs instead of those losses, we would be singing different. That's where the offensive line and the guys that the game is on the line, that's where you got to dig down. You know, I could say he's conservative, but also I could say that he's probably playing the percentages based on the information that's being given in that scenario. Jerry, I, I totally agree with you there, and I like that you brought up that, yeah, we ran it, but I guess the point is blow people off the ball and get those six, eight yards. My problem was like the, the, the run to Jamal Williams, he didn't even look like, I mean, they were going for any, it was almost like a kneel down. I mean, maybe he got blown up in the backfield, but I just didn't feel like either of those package, you know, run plays really had a chance to do what you're saying, which is, Get your best run play. Maybe go off left tackle with Penny Sewell and try to get this thing. And like you say, we could beat it up to death. I'm just, I know it's Monday morning quarterback, but it's kind of not because I'm sitting there um, way up in the uh, in the upper deck in my great seats. But I'm saying, this is what you got to do right here. And to see him not do it, we were a bit discouraged. But let's let's move it forward. They get the football back. The Lions are swarming. I mean, the Lions are are sacking the quarterback. Here, here's the play, and I want to come to Jerry on this one. Everybody's talking about the clock. We're talking about the field goal. This was the play for me, and I want to know if you saw it, Jerry. It was like third, and I think they're eight, nine yards, whatever it was. Julian O'Quara has like an inside rush, and he gets clean. He's coming after Lamar clean. He tries to blow him up, but Lamar ducks under him, somehow gets away. Then he's running to the sideline. Romeo, his brother, is coming after him. All we got to do is get Lamar on the ground, and that clock tick, 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 tick. Instead, the athlete that Lamar Jackson is gets away from two to three lines defenders, tiptoes out of bounds. That stops the clock. To me, I think that's the play of the game that isn't even being talked about. Well, I I would tell you one thing about Lamar Jackson, that's what makes him special. But in the old, an old sage 
in the game of football says the game of football is based on inches. Mm. And missing that sack was one of those inches that close. And let me tell you, when I was playing with the Raiders, Barry did me that. And I'm telling you, he was there and then he was gone. (laughs) I believe that. I believe that. Jack, did you see this play? You know the one I'm talking about? Like, this would have been a huge play for the third round, second year player, Julian O'Quara. Yeah, it it was frustrating because, like, one thing when you look at the stats, he had nine snaps and four pressures, but one of them is that pressure that really could have been a game defining play. So it's nice to see the performance, but it just, it leaves you feeling a little bit upset. And I do want to highlight the the other young defensive end or outside linebacker pass rusher, Austin Bryant, congrats on getting his first sack. So it was encouraging, but frustrating from on that play, you know, it's conflicting. It was real good yeah. to see Austin Bryant get one. And, man, I I just think because it would have been a sack in the middle of the field, you got to unpile the bodies. We're talking about going from 35 seconds to, like, 15 and a spike. or They would have been forked down. They couldn't even spike it. I mean, it's a whole different play at that point rather than um, what occurred. So after that, I mean, there's still no excuse for fourth and 19, letting a guy get open like that and make a play. I mean, Jerry, did you like the three-man rush and, and how, this, how Sammy Watkins got behind everybody? I mean, to me, that's kind of inexcusable, don't you think? Well, yeah, I mean, you you definitely got to play it different and stuff. You know, the three-man rush, you know, is really when you – it's a dedicated defense. I mean, that's one of those defenses that you're rarely going to call. So they already know that they're going to have, you know, maybe a little bit more time because it's only three. But that's why you also got the extra men in coverage. You know, that extra man is supposed to make sure that everything is taken care of, but to get caught down and get get the, the guy get behind him, that that's uncalled for. You know, you got to always keep that guy in front and keep a good leverage point on him. Exactly. Jerry, Jack, why don't we just have a line at that 18, 20-yard line even, let him catch it in front, go make a tackle. Don't you think, Jack? I mean, come on, that no other team gets that. Hey. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm just about, I was just going to say, you know, that's really coach Derek. <laughs> but you just said it's coach players get in that tunnel, but I apologize Jack for stepping on. It. Oh, do not apologize. You have much more to offer than I do. All I was going to say is unless you get that, uh, that play, the Ravens against the chargers a couple of years ago, Ray Riddle, Ray Rice, Hey diddle diddle Ray Rice up the middle fourth <laughs> and 19 and on check down. That's rare. And that's inexcusable. I'd like to see something more like that kind of defense come up and make a play. And and I hate to point the fingers, but it was, it was Harris again. He was, I don't know if he's trying to undercut the football or he got Dan Campbell said somebody didn't know the coverage or didn't get the communication that they put out. Well, here's the communication. Don't let anybody behind you and, and tackle them before the sticks. We win the ball game. That would have been my communication. Not hard to understand, but like you say, Jerry knows stuff happens. I mean, you get it. They had another play. The Ravens obviously ran out of time. This clock went down to zero. I was there. It was like one, 1,000, two, 1,000. Then the height came. That's got to be called. But this field goal, I mean, again, I'm looking at it. I didn't know it was 66 in the stadium. 
it just looked like he was on the other side of the logo. And even though Justin Tucker is incredible, I'm thinking, man, we got this. It's going to either be shanked or it's going to be uh, a couple yards shy, whatever it's going to be. When it hit the crossbar, I thought it was ball game too. We were all going crazy. For it to go up in the air, it didn't even go up in the air. It hit the crossbar and went the other direction and hit the net hard. <laughs> like, I don't know how yep. the football did that, but that was that was very disconcerting for the 65,000 of my closest friends at Ford Field. We all had jaws on the ground. Yeah, yeah, that was a heartbreaker, you know. But I, I will tell you, that guy really had a nice leg. And then, you know, what you talk about is hitting that crossbar and bouncing the way that it did. That ball hit with a lot of velocity. That's what that was. And I and I would tell you that, you know, on the clock issue, you know, I didn't see it live. I seen it in the replay because I had turned my head for some, some reason and then he kicked it. And then I seen it once they all other stuff. But I tell you, it was a hell of a kick. Hell of a kick. Hell of a Jerry. kick. <laughs> Jinx, you owe me a Coke, but yeah. Hell of a kick. Jerry, that, you that's give, all there is to it. Hell of a kick. Jerry There's gives such good, ask. like, Jerry gives, like, this logical answers, and I'm just still, like, so fired up about it. And, Jerry, you turned your head just like the referee did, and you didn't see the zeros on the clock for multiple seconds. I can't let that slide. I know everyone's like, oh, you had another chance. No, that basically does them in. No one's kicking a 71-yarder and thinking they have a chance. So, gosh, sorry, Jack. That's just a heartbreaking loss. I'm still fired up, as you can tell. Don't apologize, my friend. We are both feeling it right now. But maybe we can find some excitement over this coming weekend. Do you think so? Well, we got to talk about it, fellas. We, we we got all riled up in the beginning of the show. Lots to break down in that Ravens game. We got to preview this Bears game for the people. I mean, Jack, I'll come back to you on this one. Fields, Dalton, Foles are all three, a combo platter of both. Who's going to play quarterback for the Chicago Bears, and does it matter? Well, it- of course it matters because you do have to game plan for each one of them differently. And I think Matt Nagy's trying to get some kind of coaching edge. Ha ha. You don't know who you have to plan for. But like <laughs> you compare Dalton and Foles, they're not that different. Dalton, he has to get healthy. I don't think he's going to play the bone bruise. Like they said, it's going to be at least two weeks. They're hoping for th- the third week. So I, I don't think it'll be him, but you play him the same way you play Foles. The, the, the one thing that scares me is Fields' mobility, just because he's so dynamic as a runner. But we just saw the Ravens contain Lamar Jackson, even more of a dynamic runner. So I think it matters, but only in your preparation. At the end of the day, I'm excited for whoever the Bears shot out there. And I think that the Lions might have this one in their bag. Yeah. Well, my, my thoughts are... If I was Chicago, I would start Fields because the sooner I get him some live action, the better he's going to be for us in the long run. Now, but I would have Foles, you know, ready as the backup to go back in and steady the ship if he can't handle the pressure. But I would definitely give him give him the shot. Jerry, here's my thing. I like that take. I would do the same, but because this is believed, B-L-E-A-V and Lions, I've been on Twitter at Derek Oakry saying, oh, please play Andy Dalton. Please do that. I would love that. Maybe throw in Nick Foles. Let's see what he's got. I mean, I would absolutely love that as well. If either of those players play and Justin Fields is over there with a clipboard in his hand, I'd be a happy man. 
Well, well, but you know what? And, and, and I concur with you with one exception. Dalton is better than Foles to me. So I don't want to see Dalton. Oh, I because do. I, think <laughs> I do. Better, gives them a better position. But when I think... I think our D-line can hunt against the red rifle there. I think we get after him, turn him into some turnovers maybe. Well, yeah, I, yeah, 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 yeah. That's true. That's true. The, the Lions, you know what? The Lions, they are predators, you know, no. so they probably would eat him for lunch. <laughs> oh, I hope that does happen. Jerry, I want to come back to you with this. You're you're a big D-lineman. Uh, what about Khalil Mack on the edge? He's got a little foot issue. He didn't practice. Like, I would love it if 52 was out as well. That really helped the Lions. Well, you know what? Khalil Mack has impressed me day one since he's been in the game. And I put him in this class, which, you know, Derek Thomas, Derek Brooks, and him, um, Julius Peppers, um, and, and, and what these guys are. They're not only great ball players, but they're truly, and when I say freaks, I mean the things that they do athletically, you know, for his size, he shouldn't dominate, you know, the pass rush the way that he does. But that was the same with Derrick Thomas. You know, it's being able to use that speed, that combination of speed, power, technique, agility, and intellect, the IQ. Now, I tell you what, we are as a, we are in a better position that he has a foot injury because that slows him down. And one of the things I used to tell guys, you know, when we would be in the weight room, they talk about, man, he bench presses 550 pounds. I say, yes, he probably does, but I'm not going to stand still and let him put 550 pounds of pressure on me. <laughs> He's going to have to move his feet. And that's the same thing with him. For him to be the type of player that he truly is, he has to be able to run. When he's not able to move and be able to be shifty, he becomes average. So it works to that benefit. But again, I'm not hoping anybody's injury, but it works to the Lions' benefit. Oh, it'd be it'd be real helpful if he was out. Uh, great uh, breakdown of Cleo Mack as a player, though. Um, Jack, I want to come to you on the Lions' improvement. It seems like they've kind of done some good things in the first two games. Put a, a interesting game together against the Ravens, where the defense was better. The offense came on late. You think they can continue that here in Chicago? I mean, I sure hope that they can continue to improve like that. That's what Dan Campbell was brought on to do is he was here to rebuild, reload and just make this team a powerhouse. And that takes time. And so gradual improvement, you, you know, like week one, we had a there was a bad first half and a great second half. So that's one half of football was good. And week two, the second half was really bad, but the first half was really good. So again, one half of football. We saw four competitive quarters from the Detroit Lions this weekend. I want to see that continue to go forward. And I think that that can absolutely be a thing. And re remember, the first time that you had me on the show as a guest, Derek, I did predict that Justin Fields would be making his first start against the Lions. I was wrong about that. But I also predicted that this would be the Lions' first win of the season in Chicago, and I'm sticking to it. I think this is a winnable game, and I am ready to see the Lions come out 
roaring and ready to go. <laughs> oh man, you you would be you you are on track. I, I can't say I'm that happy about it, but if they get this W on Sunday, I'd I'd be very happy. Going to give you all the credit in the world, my man, no doubt. Um, yeah. re- re- remember, remember, I had the slow start, but still had them finishing strong. So let, <laughs> yeah. I, I'm still optimistic. You can, I still believe in the Lions. Oh, you got to be LEAV. I mean, this is a winnable game. I think both fan bases are kind of like, we'll see what happens on on Sunday. My, my thing in Chicago is like, it's a nice time to play there. It should be pretty good weather. Um, as long as that wind's not whipping around, I feel like our offense should be able to to move the football. I think Jared Goff kind of continues to progress in certain ways. He's very confident. I like that about him. He's got to put four solid quarters together to get us a W, as well as we got to be able to run the football for four solid quarters. I think that's the recipe to do it. Um, feature my man Swift, especially in the past game. Um, we do have to go up against Chicago. Uh, Jerry, they've got David Montgomery. He's a heck of a running back. Allen Robinson. That's what worries me if um, Fields is back there. That's a nice little trio for them. Their offensive line has some issues. Defense has always seemed a little overhyped, but they've got some ball players at linebacker safety. Um, a few guys up front as well, depending on where Khalil Mack is at. So, do you think we we measure up well against them? Are you worried about any of these players on the offense or defense, or how are you feeling? Well, I, I think that, you know, the defense, if the Lions defense can put up the same type of effort this week, I think that they can keep the Bears in check. I don't look at the Bears offense today as being so explosive that they're going to light up the scoreboard. So I don't see them going nowhere near – you know, 30 points or more. I think the Bears, you know, is a team being led by that youngster, probably going to be somewhere between 17 and 21 points, maybe if they having a good day. But I think the defense can actually dictate to them and really hold them down to less than 13. Okay, I, I've liked the the corners, the no name corners. I've been seeing to do some work. I like what they're bringing, and the linebackers. Jack, same with you. Uh, how you feeling about offense, defense for Chicago, um, heading in this game? I, I I I like both matchups with it. Like you know, like Allen Robinson is great as wide receiver, but he's been held in check so far. And you know, like these Lions, they don't like to kind of. Uh, they play their side. So Amani Oruwari, 157 snaps at right cornerback. He is just going to keep getting better and better at that position because they're not asking him to do too much. Bobby Price, he comes in, 64 snaps at left corner, zero at right corner. Like it's Akuda before him. Like they are just letting these guys come along at their own pace. And I don't think they're out of depth, out of their depth in this one. And I think that we match up pretty well just overall. I think it's going to be a fun game to watch, but I think that the Lions can both hold the, the the Bears offense down and I think the Lions offense can take advantage of some of the the defensive players there yeah that's good well and if I could just add one thing and I have to say this because I know we put a lot of focus on coach Campbell but Aaron Glenn is a solid coach oh yes oh, yeah. and Real the solid. preparation his logic his teaching ability and all that is superb. That's why I'm going to always look at that defense first to carry the lines right now, because Aaron is going to get those guys ready to play. They're going to play every week. Or, and he's one that will hold them accountable, too. 
Mm. I love that, uh, Jerry. Just uh, He gets me excited every time he steps to a microphone. It's like a guy that his passion, a dog on the field, a guy that knows yeah. what he's talking about, You know, looking for his his guys that he can put in leadership roles. I feel like it's it's going to come, and it's going to come pretty quick, and yeah. he'll be a head coach one day. I love his, his, his style yeah. as well. Yeah. You could hear it in this logic, and it's plain talk, too. You right. don't get into the coach that's looking to say the right thing. No, he talks football. Exactly. Oh, man, I love that. Both of you guys got me fired up, so I'll just go ahead and get into this. Game predictions. I'm with Jack and Jerry, what you guys said. Some interesting matchups. I feel like Montgomery's good, but he doesn't scare me as a home run hitter. Allen Robinson, pretty good player. I could see him putting up some stats, but I also feel like he's not a guy that's going to take a game from you. I'm a little bit worried if Fields is back there at quarterback. I could see him having a day and everybody being back on that wagon. The Lions are going to have to play tough D, get after the quarterback. They created a couple turnovers, um, or you know, at least the one big one late and a few other plays last week. I think those are going to have to continue to come to win. I'm going to go 28-24, Lions, as Jack said, first win on the road in Chicago, um, getting off the schneid, getting that win back that they should have had this previous week against Baltimore. Jerry, what do you got? Well, you know... <laughs> I'm trying to think like a statistician, you know, and I remember back during my day, you know, they kept the points where it was around 21 points. Now with the game being as wide open as it is, I could see why you, why I hear 28 points and things like that now, but I really feel that the Bears is really good for one touchdown and two field goals. So I give them 13 and the Lions 21. I like it. I like it a lot. Jack, we came to you last, last time. What do you got this week? Well, I'm going to start things off with, we're going to have a big game from DeAndre Swift, second in the NFL among running backs in targets. because Najee Harris had 19 targets from Ben Roethlisberger last week, but we won't get into that. So, so Swift is going to be heavily involved in this one. Swift, he's going for over 150 yards in a Lions win, and he's going to score two out of the three touchdowns the Lions have because the Lions are winning 24 to 13. Wow. Uh, it, it's going to be an exciting game. I can't wait to get to it. And it, we got to remember next week, we got to let Jerry earlier talk about he's doing some great things, both on different platforms and in the community, as is Jack. So, fellas, I'm going to let you promote that. I just want to tell everybody out there, thank you so much for listening and make sure to like send in your questions on Twitter. You can find me at Derek Oakry. Um, also, share this with a friend. We're definitely trying to get this out to all the great Lions diehard fans out there. So, Jerry, tell everybody what you got going on and tell them where they can find you. Hey, well, you know, hey, just living down here in Texas, we got a platform that we're actually going to be launching here in the month of October. It's uh, called Jerry Ball Real Talk, and uh, we're going to cover multiple things, sports, of course, but it'd be a little bit more well-rounded, diverse business, cultural things, arts, things like that, and, and going to have a couple of segments doing some where are they now type segments. Uh, with some players and, and just driving the content on YouTube. And, um, you know, I'll, my um, Instagram is jerryball93. And um, the same jerryball93 on Twitter. 
Oh, nice. Jerry, one thing uh, I've heard from so many great Lions fans saying like, man, Jerry Ball was like my favorite Lions player, man. He got after it on the field uh, since you were on uh, that first show with us. So you, you got a lot of big time Lions fans that love 93 out there. I just want to let you know that here on the show. You know that already, though. Well, and I love them more. There you know, you I, I really do. You know, Detroit, you know, even in how our situation was, I root for the Lions, I fight for the Lions, and I am a Lion. I don't represent myself as nothing. The Raiders was my favorite team growing up, and I got a chance to play for for my favorite team, but I'm a Detroit Lion. Love that. Absolutely love that. Jack, you got your fan base out there too, man. You're doing big things on different platforms. I mean, uh, I, d- I don't know if you could hold up in the middle like Jerry did on the, on the gridiron. I don't think so, but you're doing some great things, man. Tell everybody where they can find you. Oh, trust me. I cannot hold up in the middle like Jerry. Even in high school football, I had played one snap nose tackle and did not belong there. I was an off-ball linebacker at high school. Cannot compete with Jerry Ball up the middle, but you can find me everywhere at Javanaugh 87 both Twitter and Instagram. And you can find all of my uh, my podcasts and creative content, the live streams over at importantnonsense.com or Important Nonsense on YouTube and Nonsense FF over on Twitch. So give us a follow and make sure you're following along with Believe in Lions because I, B-L-E-A-V in the Lions, and you should too. There it is. Jack bringing it home like he does most weeks when I I put him there. Jerry brought some incredible content, gave you that player's view as he always does. I just steered the ship today and tried to give you my thoughts. A heartbreaking loss against the Ravens. A fresh start as you get in the NFL every week this week in Chicago. Very interesting game. So, everybody, we thank you so much for listening. Check us next week right here on Believe. B-L-E-A-V and Lions. Take care, everybody. We're out. I believe, I believe, I believe. I love the Lions. Say it with me. I love the Lions. I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.